Well, I want to welcome everybody here this morning. Uh, you know that last song that we just sang, I Won't Have to Worry Anymore. You know, that, that song has got a real message to it. It has just a real message to it. There's so much truth in that song that one of these days we won't have to worry anymore. That is, if you know Jesus Christ. But don't die without Him. And uh, But that has always been one of my favorite songs. Uh, I just love that song. I'm glad they sang it this morning. Uh, I was kind of busy this morning. I didn't get a, a chance to hear if Tommy announced it or not. But we got a couple people that's fixing to go into the hospital for some surgery. And uh, I want y'all to keep them in prayer. We got Roy. He's going to go Wednesday. And they're going to do a procedure on his liver. And so y'all keep Roy in prayer. I'm going to see if I can be there. I don't know if they're going to let me be up there or not. And then Sue Sherwood, Thursday, is going to have a procedure done on the esophagus. So uh, y'all keep both, uh, <coughs> excuse me, both Roy and Sue in prayer that God's hand will be on them. And I know it will be. I know it will be. But, you know, his, his word also says we're two or more are gathered. He's in our presence. So we can take a stand, pray, and we can be sure that God will hear us and that everything is going to be all right. And just like that song, I don't have to worry anymore. And uh, so, but y'all keep them in prayer. Uh, and like they announced, the, the youth over there painted their room. It really looks good. And it's, uh, I think they called it, what, periwinkle? It's kind of a purple, but it, it's, it's really pretty. And uh, I think the youth and, uh, of course, Dale and Beverly and <coughs> Lynn, they all got together over there and helped the kids paint. So, but, you know, paint isn't everywhere. It's really on the wall. <laughs> so... It, it, it looks good. And, uh, <laughs> but I want to thank them for, to, for doing that and for taking the initiative to make their room better. And, uh, but this morning, I would like to bring you a message. I don't know if you saw what the title was or not. It might have kind of scared you. What every believer needs to know about backsliding you know, you look at the churches. I've talked to other pastors, and they're even saying about the number of people that are not in church anymore that was there. You know, a lot of them want to use this COVID, but they're just not coming to church, but yet they're still going out and doing all the other stuff that they used to do. I feel safer in church than I would at Walmart. And so to me, this is just really an excuse that uh, doesn't float. And uh, so, but anyway, and a lot of times backsliding will occur when you least expect. You, you know, you don't wake up one morning and say, you know, I think I'll just backslide. No, there's a process 
small things start happening in your life that leads up to backsliding. You don't just wake up, like I said, and say, well, I think I'll just backslide now. No. There's a series of things that happen, and I'll guarantee you what the biggest part of it is Satan. You know, you say, oh, I'm tired this morning. I don't know if I, I know I need to go to church, but I just don't know if I will or not. And of course, there's that little voice. Oh, you don't have to go to church. They all understand. Don't worry about it. Just, just stay home. Watch TV. Go out and do this. Go out and do that. Well, if you're able to go out and do this and do that, you're able to go to church. Amen. And they just use this excuses that, well, I was just tired, but you wasn't too, you know, you wasn't too tired to go out and do other stuff. When you come to church, what do you do? Most of the time you come, you sit down. You're not up walking around all over the place, going and doing other stuff. You're resting. You're sitting. You're hearing God's Word. And that there, I know there's, 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 there's mornings I'll get up, I'll turn on the TV, and there's certain pastors I like to listen to. And it's relaxing to me is to hear these pastors. Hear something different. It gives you ideals and everything. But... Uh, you know, we hear that word backslide, we usually think of someone who has just fallen back into their old lifestyle, doing the things they used to do before they came to Christ. Well, most of it is. And we wonder, well, what caused the backsliding? You know, backsliding is not, really backsliding is not just going backwards. You can be sitting in church but you can fail to move forward in Christ. You don't study your Bible. You don't listen to the sermons. You're sitting there, your mind's wandering here and there, and before you know it, other things are occupying your mind. They're occupying your mind, and that's what Satan wants. Satan don't want you to hear God's Word. He doesn't want you to listen. And he will try to interrupt you he will bring other thoughts to your mind to take your concentration off of God's Word. You know, if we are not moving forward and growing in Christ, really, then you're kind of you're going backwards. We should all be growing in Christ, moving forward. Well, how do I grow in Christ? Get in the Word. See what God's Word is saying. Too often, I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hands, but how many don't even read the Bible through the week? Don't pick up your Bible. You don't read anything. You know, we need to be in a constant thought on Jesus Christ. We need to have him on our mind. And so often we get busy, we get preoccupied with everything else, and we don't even give Christ a thought through the whole week. You know, I, I do a broadcast on Wednesday to try to get that word out there. And eventually here, pretty, maybe we'll go back to Wednesday. If, if you want to come up here, used to on Wednesday, we wouldn't have anybody show up. But you know, I'm looking 
and we're getting like anywhere from 40, 50 people looking at that broadcast and watching. Is it too hard to come and sit down in church and listen? I know it's a lot easier to do it at home, prop back, get in your recliner, whatever, and look at it on Facebook. But that's not the same as being in a fellowship, being with each other and hearing the Word of God, being able to commute with, to, to commune with others and tell them, you know, to pray with you, you pray with them, just a time of fellowship among each other. Really, you know, on Wednesday was it, we had prayer meeting. You know, we would go in, the women would go to one room, men would go to another room, and we would pray. We'd pray for the church. We'd pray for different people. I miss that, but I still pray at the house. I never want to get out of the habit of praying and, and coming into the presence of God. But when we get to that point of not showing up at church, not coming to church, and that is, it, 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 it's, it's simply what they call backsliding. You say, well, where does that word backslide come from? Do you know that backslide is biblical? It is in the Bible? It's not something made up by a preacher. It is God's Word. Listen to this. In Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 19. Listen to what Jeremiah is saying, or what God is saying, really. It said, God says, Your own wickedness shall correct you, and your backslidings shall reprove or convict you. Know therefore and see that it is an evil and bitter thing that you have forsaken the Lord. God said, it's an evil, it's a bitter thing that you have forsaken me. That concerns God. It concerns God and His love for us. Where's our love for God that we would forsake Him, that we'd backslide, that we'd walk away from Him? <clears throat> and then he goes on to say, say here, It is a bitter thing that you have forsaken the Lord your God, and that my fear or your respect for God is not in you. Do we still respect God? Do we think about God? God looks at it different than what we do. Just think about all the things that God's done, all His love, all the sacrifices that He has made for us. And then we turn our back on Him. That's backsliding. That's turning away from God. That's going back into a life that you Man, I want out of this life. I want to serve God. Then you get in there. Now Christianity and serving God is not easy. It's a work. Because you've got an enemy out there constantly 
coming against you, causing you problems. And many people will just say, man, I just, I, I, I just can't do this. I've got too much. They said, you know, I didn't have this much coming against me when I was out in the world. And you probably didn't. Because you wasn't a threat to Satan. You wasn't a threat to Satan. You weren't serving God. You were serving the world. You were serving what's in the world. <clears throat> and then also, I said that, that, that uh, backsliding is a biblical word. Look at Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 22. It says, Return, you backsliding children, and I will hear your backslidings. I will hear you. When you come to me, now listen, it says, come back and repent and I will forgive you. God wants you back. If you've wandered away from God, God says, come back, repent, I will forgive you, I will take you back. I'm going to show you something here in just a minute that this happened to somebody in the Bible. One of the Bible characters. He forsook God. But God took him back. Today, it's called God's grace. God's love. God's caring for His people. The Bible talks about this man that I want, I want to say, it, it, it says uh, that, that the Bible tells us about a man who backslid. It was somebody you probably thought never would do it. He didn't think he would do it. He had no idea that he would turn away and backslide from God. He had no way he thought that he would ever deny Christ. It's the story of Peter. We've all read it. We all, all know of that story. Peter walked with Jesus for three years. He was with him daily. He saw Jesus' miracles. He saw his healing. He saw, he saw blind eyes open, deaf ears open. He saw the lame walk. He saw the dead to, to be raised. He saw all this. And he knew that was in the power of Jesus Christ through this. But yet, he denied Christ. He denied Christ. Peter had walked with him, like I said, for about three years here on this earth. And you know, I just got to thinking, this should be a warning to us. We are capable as Peter of backsliding if the situation comes up. I hope we've got enough of Christ on the inside of us that we would never deny Him. You know, the Bible tells us, if you deny Christ, He said, I will deny you before the Father and His angels in heaven. If you are ashamed of me, then I will be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven. How do you think that's going to stand up at judgment? Peter's denial, like I told you a while ago, backsliding is not spontaneous. It Things lead up to it. Peter's denial was not a spontaneous thing that just, bam, all of a sudden it happened. 
Peter had already begun laying groundwork to backslide. Uh, <clears throat> there, was, there was a series of things that leads to backsliding. We're, first of all, we're either moving forward with Christ or we're starting to slide backwards. I want to look at some of the things that happened to Peter that caused his backsliding. Maybe we need to look at ourselves and say, is any of these things in my life, is any of these things that, 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 that caused Peter to backslide, could they be in my life? Peter, he was bold. He was full of self-confidence. In Luke 22:33, it tells us that Peter said to Jesus, Jesus, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. I don't know about all these other guys, but Lord, I will go with you. I will not leave you. And I'm sure Peter really thought that, that, that he would do this. But when those soldiers came and got Jesus, when they left the Garden of Gethsemane and took him to his trial, Peter started kind of backing away, kind of hiding back, watching, seeing what was going on. Oh, he went with him all right. But Peter kind of stayed back in the dark. You know, Peter, when he did this thing, Peter was boasting in the wrong thing. He was boasting in his own strength. He said, I'm strong. I, I'll never leave you, Jesus. I'll do whatever it takes. The Bible warns us in second, excuse me, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse 12. Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. He's talking about taking, standing in your own strength. I can do this. I can do that. No, you need Christ in you to do a lot of things. You need Christ's strength in you. You know, we should not be so confident in ourselves or in our strength but we need to be confident in God's strength and who He is in us. We shouldn't have all that self-confidence, oh, I can go through anything. Nothing will turn me from Christ. You know, I've had some friends that, that, that started out Christians. And next thing I know, they're back in the world. I talked to them. I said, Bill... I just, couldn't, I, I, I just couldn't handle it. It was just too much pressure. There was too much coming against me. I, 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 felt, I always felt uneasy because I knew that there was things coming against me. It was Satan coming against them, turning them away. He had rather left Jesus and went back to the world than to walk with Jesus. It was so much easier to live in the world than to live for Christ. Like I said a while ago, living for Christ is not the easiest thing there is to do. But it certainly is well worth it in the end time. 
Don't desert Christ. Christ will not desert you. He will not leave you. And one other thing that Peter had a weakness that he did. When they went into the garden, Jesus told Peter, James, and John to do something very specific. He said, wait out here and pray. Wait out here and pray. Oh, they waited out there all right, but they didn't pray. They fell asleep. I guess maybe they were so full of self-confidence. Well, I pray all the time. I'm all prayed up. I'm fine. But Jesus told them to pray. Here in Luke twenty-two forty, 40, it says, And when he was at the place, Jesus said unto them, when he was in the garden, he said, Pray that you enter not into temptation. Pray for strength. Pray for the ability to withstand the things that is going to come against you. But what happened? They fell asleep. They failed to pray like Jesus asked them to. If they weren't so full of self-confidence, I'm sure they would have been praying. But they said, hey, we're prayed up. We pray all the time. I think many times we do the same thing. We know we should pray about something, but we don't. We don't. What do we usually do? We try to take matters into our own hands, do it our way, and we usually make one of the biggest messes you've ever seen. When we know that we should be seeking God's directions on what to do. You know, we need to call upon the Lord. We need to recognize we have a weakness. We have a weakness. But we need God's strength, that Holy Spirit inside of us, giving us the strength and the wisdom to do what God wants us to do and how God wants us to do it. I don't know if you've ever experienced it or not, <clears throat> but there's been times I have sat down and I've prayed. I already have my mind made up now. I'm going to tell you that. My mind was already made up, so really I guess I was kind of thinking, you know, I don't even know why I'm going to pray. I already know what I'm going to do. You ever get to that point? Oh, I don't need to pray. I know what to do. Well, come to find out, all of a sudden, a feeling started coming over me. And I knew this was a little different. But anyway, it was just like it said, don't do it like that. Do it my way. I knew who it was. I knew that was that Holy Spirit rising up on the inside of me, giving me a warning not to do it the way I was going to do it. So I didn't. 
I listen to instructions. Do it God's way. And everything. You, you, you talk about everything just kind of like falling in places, doors opening that wouldn't open before. Doors maybe shut that you didn't need to go in there anyway. It's kind of like what it was. But doors begin to open on something that I was seeking. And when those doors open, you walk right through them and everything falls right into place. I know that when my daughter was in the process of wanting to adopt a baby, she talked to several women that were giving up their babies. And there's one time she really thought, man, this is going to be my baby. Well, doors begin to shut. That was not the baby that God wanted her to have. And then when our little grandson, who is our grandson now, come up for a Doors, you cannot believe it. Doors open and open, and there was no obstacles. We walked right through it, and it was a very easy adoption. Linda was there in Arkansas at the hospital when he was born. Just a few days later, according to Arkansas rules, we had to kind of wait and make sure the mother wasn't going to change her mind and all that. Then we got to leave. We got to bring the baby home. Then the judge signed off on everything. I mean, but those doors that were closing before, you couldn't have closed these doors. God had his foot there, and you wasn't going to slam that door. This was the child that God wanted my daughter to have. And the same thing happened with my little granddaughter. Doors opened. Circumstances happened. Uh, our little granddaughter, we never thought we'd get her, but bam, 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 the doors opened. So when God's in it, things happen. When we try to do it ourselves... A lot of mistakes, a lot of heartaches take place. A lot of heartaches take place. And this one last thing, and I think we might all need to listen. Notice it's in, the, in there, it talks about <clears throat> Peter followed Jesus in his trial, I think. But he said, he followed at a distance. He followed at a distance. In Luke twenty-two fifty-four, 54, it reads, but Peter followed at a distance. He stayed back behind Jesus. He didn't want those people to know that he was with Jesus. How many people have you tried to hide your relationship with, with Jesus? It, you really didn't want them to know that you were a Christian. That you were going to church. That you were serving Jesus. Maybe you thought you'd be laughed at, made fun of. Oh, you're one of those Jesus freaks. 
What did I say a while ago? Jesus told his disciples, or he told his people, he said, if you will be ashamed of me before men here, I will be ashamed of you before the Father who is in heaven. If you deny me before men here on earth, I will deny you before the Father in heaven. If we deny Jesus here, Jesus said, I'll deny you. Are you confessing Christ? Are you confessing who Christ is? Are you confessing who, what He means to you? Are you confessing your love for Him? Are you telling others about Jesus and what He's done in your life and how He's turned your life around? You know, there's a lot of people out there right now <clears throat> that would love to hear a good testimony about Jesus. They may be on that verge of thinking, you know, I might like to try this Christianity. But sometimes they need a witness. They need a testimony of what Jesus has done in your life. You may be going through or went through something that they're going through now. And you can tell them how Jesus turned your life around what he did for you, and you could turn their life around just by testifying for Jesus. How many of us do that? How many of you talk to somebody about Jesus? Very few. Very few. We're talking about Following at a distance. We do not need to follow Jesus at a distance. We need to get just as close to Him as we possibly can. Anybody in here, on, you ever watch TV, say some of these nature programs, and have you ever seen where this lion maybe is stalking his prey for lunch? Maybe a zebra or a gazelle or something like that? Have you ever noticed anything? Have you ever noticed the prey that that lion picks out? He usually picks out the straggler. The one that's away from the herd. That's not mixed in with the herd. That's not part of the herd. That's not walking with that herd. Why? Much easier prey. Much easier. That's what Satan does. He says, beware, he is as a roaring lion going about seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for the straggler. For the one that's denied Christ. For the one that's not as close to Christ. For that one that's walking way behind Christ. He knows if that person is right there with Jesus, he ain't going to get a hold of them. But when they start straggling and getting away from Jesus and get off by theirself, you become an easy prey. Think about that. Just think about it. And it's so true. When you get off by yourself... Usually, when these robberies and things take place at the malls, it's somebody by themselves going back out to their car. They're not in a group. Why? 
They're a much easier prey. Satan's the same way. He looks for the straggler. The one that's not walking close to Jesus. And most of the time, he can get them. Satan is very powerful. He's very cunning in the tricks, schemes, and devices that he uses. He knows your weakness. He knows what tempts you into doing things. And he'll use that. It's why I didn't think Satan could read your mind. He can't. But there's enough demons out there watching you that report back to Satan and what you're doing. All oh, that's all he needs to know is what you enjoy, what you like to do. And those are the things that's going to come up before you. And they're usually of the world. Don't follow Jesus at a distance. Please, like I said a while ago, get as close as you possibly can to him. You know, Peter had made a mistake. He had fallen. He was devastated over what he did. He felt destroyed. Like, that's it. That's it. But Peter was still there waiting when Jesus showed up. You know, when the women talked to uh, saw Jesus after he had rose, he's he told us, tell the disciples to meet me at Galilee. And he looked at Mary and he said, tell Peter also. He wanted Peter to know. Peter, I know you messed up. I know you made a mistake. But I want you there. Can you imagine when Mary told Peter, oh, Peter, Jesus said he wanted you there with the other disciples. I can just figure that Jesus, that Peter, excuse me, that Peter was just overjoyed. You know, he wants me after what I have done. See, that's something else Satan will use against you. Look what you have done. You think God could ever forgive you for that? You think he could forget about that? All this terrible stuff that you've done, I'm going to tell you right now, yes, he can. He told us in his word that he would cast our sins as far as east from the west, never again to bring them up or remember them against you. He wasn't going to remember these things that Peter did. He was going to forgive him. Just like Peter, we have a choice. When we fail, we fall short of God, we can either be destroyed, we can be devastated, we can let the devil pile on the condemnation. Or, you can get up and run back to Jesus just as fast and as hard as you can. It's up to you. Jesus said, I'll forgive you. My grace is greater than any sin that you have committed. Don't let the devil beat you up over a mistake. 
God will forgive it. He'll receive you back. And he'll love you just as much as he ever did. But if you make a mistake, get up. Get back to Jesus just as fast as you can. I'm going to ask the band to come up. If anybody in here today feels like, you know, I need a closer walk with Jesus. I'm not as close as I was once before. I'm kind of, I'm maybe, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm kind of like that straggling animal. I'm too far behind Jesus and I need to get closer. If you're here today and you need to get a closer walk with God, we have an altar here. And God is waiting for you to come up here and say, Lord, I need a closer walk. I want to come back. I don't want to be, I don't want to be away from you. I want to walk with you once again. If you've kind of straggled away from Jesus, today is the day that you can come back. This is the day that Jesus says, come back to me, my child. Come back. I'm waiting on you. He is. He's simply just waiting for you to say, Lord Jesus, I need you back in my life. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me. He will. If you're here today and you just need that closer walk with Jesus, Today is a day that you can come to him and say, Lord, thank you for receiving me back. It's a done deal if you come with your heart, truly believing in Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of God, he died on that cross for you, he arose the third day, and now he sits at the right hand of God in heaven. He he says, believe in your heart. I am the Son of God. Faith. Faith in Christ. And he will receive you back.